0: Well, good morning it is great to be with you this morning on this Labor Day weekend uh, the weather has been fantastic hasn't it been it's been great in fact well this coming week I'm gonna be on vacation I'm going to Myrtle Beach and I'm thinking you know what this weather's great maybe I want to stay around here <laughs> no 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 I'm going to Myrtle Beach I'm going to Myrtle Beach i want gonna show of hands how many of you been to the Canfield Fair yet this year okay a number of you I've been out there, was out there on Thursday, and thinking about the best thing about the Canfield Fair. And you know where I'm going with this. It's the food, it is the food. As soon as I walked in the gates, I ran and got my elephant ear. First thing in the morning, that's what I had for breakfast. And um, so I asked our staff this past week, what are some of the best foods of the Canfield Fair that they love? And here's what some of them came up with. Hot sausage sandwich, the hot apple dumpling, I've been into that lately this year, the hot apple dumpling. Yes, I'm going to make you very hungry this morning. The lemon shake, uh, french fries, cinnamon rolls, corn dogs. So there's some great food out at the Canfield Fair. And also this week, I was kind of looking back at some pictures and some things uh, from many years ago of, um, of myself and thinking about the Canfield Fair, and I found this picture. We'll see if this goes up here. This picture that I found. Um, Yes, there's a picture going up. Yes, there we are. This is me, 1969, at the Canfield Fair. Wasn't I a cutie? (laughs) Check out my wheels. Looks like I'm in a shopping cart or something. (laughs) All made of metal. If there was a lightning strike, I was gonna be a goner. I was gonna be a goner. So that's me, Canfield Fair, 1969, little Ricky, um, having fun. But this year, of course, I'm out eating like um, there's no tomorrow. Um, so yeah, I, the Canfield Fair is fantastic. And I was thinking also this past week about um, last year's Canfield Fair. And I happened to be sitting on a bench and I brought a bench out today because I'm almost 50 and I'm getting kind of tired. But I was sitting on a bench last year at the fair, just kind of thinking about life and pondering where I'm going, where I've been, everyday life and thinking about have a great family great friends, I have an opportunity to pastor at my home church, which is amazing, also thinking about the difficulties of life, thinking about I've had two daughters die, and the financial difficulties we went through through that time, and just thinking about everyday life, the trials and tribulations that there are, And, and as I'm sitting there and got my hands on my knees and looking across the way, and it was a beautiful evening, the sun had just set, and I'm just sitting on this bench. And you know, benches are a premium at the Canfield Fair, especially when you're tired and wore out. And I'm sitting there and kind of looking across the way. And there was a building. And I could see my reflection. And there I am with my hands on my knees, with my head sideways. And I'm like, man, you look just like Forrest Gump. <laughs> sitting there thinking about where I'm going, where I've been in life. And, and we do that often, don't we? We think about, you know, this life, this roller coaster of life, the ups and downs that we have, the good The difficult times, the happy times, and we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning and God's plan for our life within those times. Well, we're going to turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, if you've got your Bible this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we're going to study verses 1 through 15 this morning. That is in page 554 in your pew Bible, if you want to turn there. While you're doing that, let me go ahead and pray for us this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord God, is we've come together, we're so thankful to be part of a body of believers that love your word. That For many years at Old North Church, have consistently come out each and every Sunday to encourage each other, to build each other up, and to study your word. We thank you for that blessing that you've given us. And I ask your blessing upon our time this morning. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. So as we look at God's word this morning, in Ecclesiastes chapter three, I'm gonna read through this. And it's a passage of scripture that you're familiar with, particularly the first eight verses. And we're gonna go through this piece by piece and see where God's plan really is for our everyday life. And I'm gonna read it nice and slowly. It says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, A time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill, a time to heal. A time to break down, a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek, and a time to lose also, he has put eternity into the hearts, into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever nothing can be added to it nor anything taken from it god has done it so that people fear before him that which is already has been that which is to be already has been and god seeks what has been driven away now this passage of scripture if we look through this we find that it is very encouraging and very depressing all at the same time you can see how solomon is put together in these first eight verses life and the experiences that we have, because we've experienced a lot of these things in these first eight verses, haven't we? And I was reading some things on Albert Einstein recently. I read a little bit this past week, and I found this quote, because the, the main uh, part of this passage of scripture in verses one through eight is the word time, is the word time that stands out. And Albert Einstein said this, the only reason for time is that everything? so that everything doesn't happen at once. The only reason for time is so that everything doesn't happen at once. Now, wouldn't it be crazy if we didn't have a watch or a clock? I could preach all day and you wouldn't know it. <laughs> you wouldn't know it. I mean, could you imagine the world and the chaos things would be in as we see the sunrise and the sunset and we time our day? I don't know about you, but... I'm just constantly on my phone checking my calendar, gotta go here, gotta go there, and and time continually comes up, and I think Einstein nailed it. He said it would be total chaos if we did not have time. So that we see there is a time for everything. It's clear from verses one through eight, isn't it? we see the writer Solomon is taking all of life together and putting it all in these verses. In fact, I'm kind of thinking maybe Solomon was uh, maybe sitting at the Jerusalem County Fair on a bench kind of writing his thoughts down as he was pondering things here and there. But we know that life can be pretty messy, can't it? It can be pretty messy. We have the joys of life. We have the difficulties of life. But I'm thinking that maybe Solomon had it this way. I think at number one that he may be thinking that life is pretty good, that life is pretty good. I, I think we can say that there's times where life is pretty darn good. You know, this past week, Got up in the morning with my family, went to the Canfield Fair. It was a beautiful, perfect day. The weather was just right. It wasn't too crowded. I got the food I wanted. Stayed half a day, went home, took a nap. I have to take a nap after the fair. Laid down, took a nap. Then in the evening, went to see my son's baseball game down at Scene Park in Struthers, which is a beautiful baseball field. So it's one of those days where are like, you know what, things are pretty good in life. But Solomon also may be thinking that life is pretty burdensome. It can be pretty burdensome, can't it? You know, we have all the good things of life, but there's also burdens that happen. What else happened this past week? Got a flat tire. <laughs> got a flat tire and had that all taken care of and got to get it all fixed up and everything and came home. And my wife, Jerry, had come home earlier in our Taurus, and I look at the car and I see that tire on the Taurus is sideways and found out that our other car has a broken axle on it. So it's one of those, the very next day after having a good day, there was difficulties and there was a burdensome time. But I think also Solomon may be thinking that life is pretty boring. (laughs) That life can be pretty boring. Now how many of us, we get up in the morning, get ready to go to work, get a shower, get cleaned up, get our coffee, get in the car, you go to work, you do your job in the morning, you take a lunch break, you work in the afternoon, drive on home, see the wife and kids, pet the dog, have dinner, watch a little bit of TV, go to bed, get up the next day, and do the exact same thing again, huh? How many of us do that? They know where well, life can sometimes be boring. So life can be good, burdens- burdensome, and boring all at the same time. But he also may be asking, what is God's plan for my life? What is God's plan for my life in these circumstances that I'm going through? And I'm sure many of us are asking the same thing today. I mean, I ask it as well. Like, what's God's plan for me? What's going on here in this messy roller coaster life that we're going through? And I started thinking about these passages again. What if our Bible in verses 1 through 8 were only read? by the positive things of this passage of scripture in one through eight. What if it just said, there's a time to be born, a time to heal, a time to build up, a time to laugh, a time to dance, a time to embrace, a time to seek, a time to keep, a time for love and a time for peace. Far out. Wouldn't that be great? Hey, it was a picture of me in 1969. It's all right. Wouldn't that be great to have that kind of peace? What if our Bible was just that? What if life was just that way, that everything was wonderful and happy and the sun is always shining? and, And isn't it great when those days happen where at the end of the day you're like, you know, this was pretty good. This was good. But what if our Bible read it this way and we see all these coming together? What if it was, There's a time to die, a time to kill, a time to break down, a time to weep, a time to mourn, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to lose, a time to cast away, a time to hate, a time for war. Now, if we just had a Bible just like that, we probably would say, I want nothing to do with that. We see that life is that way, isn't it? That life has its good times and its bad times. And this passage of Scripture puts all of that together, and that's how God's Word operates, because we can relate to what God's Word is saying. You know, it's, um, you know, as Solomon is looking through this, and we ask the ultimate question as we read this here, and we say, you know, what is truly the plan for my life in these circumstances? As a pastor, we come... I have a lot of people that come to us and they ask that question. You know, Pastor Rick, what is God's plan? Why is this happening in my life? And really, if we sit and think about it, the answer is rather simple. But before we answer that simple question, we're gonna look at some of the rest of these verses. Verses uh, nine through 13, I'm gonna read again and we're gonna look at that. What gain has the worker from his toil? I've seen a business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He's made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he's put eternity into into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. And I perceive that there's nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. Now what we see in here is the sovereignty of God in our everyday lives. I'm holding here a hammer. This is my hammer. Before I was in ministry, I worked for 25 years as a welder. And I took this hammer with me, because this was my best friend every day, is this hammer. It's kind of beat up and worn and tattered, and there's kind of marks out of it, take this hammer and I'd beat a weld, just beat that weld every day. After I put a weld together, laid a nice bead, I'm like I want to make sure that that thing held, and I would take this hammer and I would beat it. Or there would be uh, steel, and there would be slag on the side of that steel, and I would beat that that piece of steel to knock the slag off and then get some sandpaper to make make it nice and smooth. And and I think, what is the outcome of this toil and this hard work? and at the end of the day, I knew that well held together. It held together. And as we see in these passages of Scripture here, that God's sovereignty is there in our everyday lives. You know, what has the, the worker gained from his toil? And we see that God, that we cannot find out what God has done, and that he has put eternity in our hearts. So we can trust God that he is sovereign every day of our lives. You know, in the scripture here, it says that we can just eat and drink and relax and have peace. So many times we're just looking and saying, I need to be in control of every aspect of my life. And the fact of the matter is, is God is in control, that He is sovereign over our everyday life. So you know what? We can relax. We can relax and have peace. We can relax and know that a God we serve is in control, that He is running things. So we can relax and and take pleasure in life as well it's okay to have a good time it's okay to go to the canfield fair and eat a big elephant air it's not healthy for you but i'm going to do it anyway so we see that god's sovereignty is there and he is in control of all the aspects of our life and then also the scripture says to fear him now here's this god the god of the universe who is in complete control i don't know about you but i fear that To this God we do serve that really cares for us, and loves us, and is gentle with us, and is in complete control. I look at that and I'm in awe of a God like that, a God that we serve. You know, sometimes we think that God looks down upon our circumstances and the difficulties of life, and He says, "I didn't see that coming." (laughs) How many times do we think that? Whatever we're going through, whether it's a flat tire or we lose a job, or cancer comes about, and we say, you know what? Does God really know what's happening here? And we think that he looks and says, I didn't know that was going to happen. Well, he did, and he is in control of what's happening in our life. Too often or not, we look for the big, grand plan of our lives, don't we? There's a big, grand plan, and we miss the answer to the question. This is actually a new question. I know you're not supposed to answer a question with a question, but we're going to do that today. What if God's plan for your life was simply to glorify Him and to be faithful to Him in your everyday lives? What if that was the plan? Would you be content with that? Would you be content with just having a regular, ordinary life, but in doing that, being faithful to the Lord? and glorifying Him. Some of us would say, you know what? That's pretty boring. <laughs> That's pretty boring. There has to be so much more to life than just living a faithful life and glorifying Him every day. You know, after my, my daughter Faith passed away back in 2005, she was five years old. And I thought that God had this big, gigantic plan for my life. I was gonna go out all over the country I was going to go out all over the world and talk all about what it's like to be a father, to lose a little child. I was going to go all over the place, and that was the grand plan. That's what it was going to be all about. I was going to go all over the place. And I started realizing and studying God's word that he just wants me to be faithful to him and glorify him in my everyday, regular life. That's what he's looking forward to me and to you when I got to be a pastor here at Old North Church and my home church blows me away that I get to do this. I get to pastor at my home church. And I may have shared this before, there's times where I get to go visit someone in the hospital and I ride over 680 and I'm coming around that corner and I see Youngstown and a tear gets in my eye. And it's like, why do I get to do this? That must be the grand plan. The grand plan is to be a pastor at my home church. Nope. The grand plan is just to be faithful to Him and to glorify Him in my regular, everyday life. You know, as a care care pastor, uh, I minister to a lot of people that are going through trials and tribulations and difficult times, and they're asking, why is this happening in my life? There has to be such a bigger plan to what has been happening in my life. And sometimes we're to think that know where to start a brand new ministry you know I'm going through this so I'm gonna start a big ministry and it's gonna be great and grand sometimes we think that we're going to be an advocate for a cause or we're gonna make awareness to a great cause and you know what those are good things those are very good things but maybe just maybe the Lord just wants us to be faithful to him And to glorify him in our everyday lives. Those are good things to be able to do. I had an opportunity to speak at, at the Heart Walk after Faith had passed away at YSU in front of thousands of people, and it was great. But I know that the plan is just to glorify him every day. The question is would you be content with that? Would you be content with that? If you would ask me that a few years ago, would I be content with just living a regular ordinary life and being faithful to Him? I'd be like, ah, I could do that, but it has got to be so much more to it. But that's what we're to do. And even in these passages of Scripture, He's talking about serving the Lord and just living a full life to Him and for Him. You know, sometimes we think that contentment comes in various forms. Sometimes we think contentment comes in maybe... Retirement and being a snowbird, you know, heading down to Florida, that's, that's contentment. Or, you know, maybe contentment is, you know, living through our child's acad- uh, academic abilities and, and the degrees they're having, or maybe their athletic abilities. You know, we're going to live through that, and that brings contentment. Or maybe it's a, a better job or a bigger house would bring, bring contentment. But you know it doesn't you know that doesn't bring contentment. It truly does not bring contentment. You see, friends, busy contentment comes when you replace God for who he is and you for who you are. So we know this doesn't bring contentment, and it doesn't bring purpose, but there is a step to take. The first step in really being content and being faithful to the Lord and glorifying him on an everyday basis is to recognize that we're not very good at that. We're not very good at being faithful to the Lord. We drop the ball all the time. We drop the ball all the time. And you know why? Because sin has corrupted us. Sin has corrupted us. I mean, I wish I could be faithful to the Lord every day and be perfect and do all the things that need to be done and glorify Him in my life. and. I fail, and you all fail too. (laughs) We all do. Yeah, so it's, we're we're at a point to where we're like, how do I glorify the Lord And that first step? is just realizing that we can't do that. We're not good at that. In fact, Romans said it this way, and this is really tough. It says, no one is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, no, not even one. Now you're thinking, Pastor Rick, you started off showing baby pictures of the Canfield Fair, and you're sitting on a bench and talking like you're Forrest Gump and all this stuff, and we want to laugh about that, but God's word is pretty serious, isn't it? It's pretty serious. I mean, in Romans, and it says, no one is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one does good, not even one. So it's very difficult to be faithful to the Lord. That's why it's wonderful to have a church family, that we can come together to encourage one another, to build one another up, and have God's word to instruct us and bring us along. So that passage in Romans is kind of a wake-up call, isn't it, for those of us who have not received Christ as our Savior? It's a wake-up call, but it's a reminder for those of us that have received Christ, isn't it? That is a reminder that we need to lean upon him in our everyday life, our regular life that is good and great and burdensome and sorrowful and boring all at the same time. But in order to be faithful to Him and to glorify Him, we need to be reminded of what was done upon a cross. We need to be reminded on a daily basis Now, once a month we take communion together, but we need to be reminded continually what was done upon the cross, because Christ was pierced for us. You know why? So that we can have the freedom to be faithful to him. Before that, we didn't even want to be faithful to him. We wanted to do our own thing. But now, because of what Christ has done upon a cross, we can be faithful to him. He was pierced for us, so we can live a life that is glorifying to him. So we we say, can God understand what I'm going through? It seems like Solomon gets it. Solomon kind of understands what's happening, and we kind of look at each other and say, you know what, we have all these experiences together, but does God get it? Does Jesus understand what I'm going through? And he truly can, because he lived amongst us. All those experiences, one through eight, in Ecclesiastes, Jesus experienced all of that. He experienced the time to be born, a time to heal, a time to dance, a time to weep, and a time to mourn, a time for peace, and a time for love, and a time to die. So Jesus experienced all of those experiences, but we still say, does he really understand? But we know in reading the Gospels and knowing when he lived here that he did understand what we're going through. I shared a little bit there about my daughter Faith, and I'm gonna share a story now, which I think I've shared with you before, but I'm gonna do it again this morning. Um, Faith was very ill and had uh, heart surgery. She was five years old. This was in 2005. And um, she was having a heart surgery. They had to go through her back. They couldn't go through her chest to do this heart surgery. She was five years old. They had to go underneath her shoulder blade and put in a pulmonary artery so that they go in through her back the surgery surgery was successful they were able to do what they needed to do and as my wife jerry and i were in the room with faith and looking at her and her arms little arms were tied down and she had a big scar on her back and she's laying on her stomach and as we're sitting there i'm like God, i just can't believe this well jerry had to leave the room and she would not she never would leave the room but she had to leave the room for whatever reason and all that was in the room was me and faith and the Lord. And I looked at the ceiling and I said, do you have a clue of what I'm going through? <laughs> do you understand at all what is happening here? And I'm, I'm just, the tears are coming in my face. And I said, do you see this girl with the scar on her back and her arms tied down? And, and I caught my breath and I started thinking, back in scripture and sensing that God knows exactly what I'm going through. Because I could sense him saying that my son had scars on his back. He had scars on his back, but his arms weren't tied down with padded restraints, but with nails of steel. That's a reminder that we need to have today of what Jesus did upon the cross to give us that freedom, the price that was paid to give us freedom to serve him and to worship him each and every day. So Jesus lived and was born, lived a life that was glorifying to his father and faithful to his father in heaven. Then he died, but in doing so, he opened up a door of reconciliation for us. That we are reconciled to God now because of that. We can live this life of joy, live this life of peace. In a, f- a few minutes here, we're gonna have communion together. In fact, we're all gonna come down here and take the elements and take them back to our pew, and we're gonna celebrate communion together. But Romans chapter five says this, since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we are reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life more than that we also rejoice in god through our lord jesus christ through whom now we have received reconciliation so friends we have peace we have peace with god now because of what was done upon the cross and i think about again this past week the opportunities i had and just to go to the fair and have fun and have a good time and reminisce about being a little kid in a little, look like shopping cart in 1969, and and think about the times I've had um, with a tire falling apart and a car falling apart, or thinking about having a boring life of just going day by day with the same thing. But in all of those experiences, we are called to glorify Him. We are called to be faithful to Him each and every day of our lives. Again, we look toward this big, grand picture, and you know what? God has great things in store for all of us. There's incredible things that probably happened in your life, but the most incredible thing is that we can live a life that is faithful to him each and every day. So because of Christ, we can live that life, and we are thankful for that. Solomon really touched on it when he's talking about there's a time to be born and a time to die. This life is so short. It is so short but because of eternity because because of eternity we can now live forever if you've received christ as your savior we're going to know each other forever and you say pastor maybe that's not a good thing i know you forever but it's okay maybe forever but we live that life each and every day and we celebrate communion together we celebrate it we celebrate what the lord has done for us we celebrate the fact that we can, as a church family, come together every Sunday morning and celebrate together. I mean, as a care pastor, I've seen some difficulties in our congregation. There's something going on with people all the time. There's cancer and there's difficulties. And we go through these things together, don't we? We encourage one another. We build each other up. But We think about the fact that we can live that life that is faithful to him each in every day. Now, friends, I'm going to pray and then we're going to come down here to st- take communion together and go back to our seats. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I'm so thankful for a church family that, that gets it. We get it only because of your word, we get it because of what was taught to us by our Lord and Savior. That we know that there will be trials and tribulation in this world, but we can take heed for Jesus has overcome the world. And we are thankful for that. Thankful that we can live a life, an everyday life, that is glorifying to you and faithful to you. And, and Father, forgive us for those times where we're not good at that. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for all you have done for us. And it is in Jesus' name, amen.